Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, we're George and James and today we're getting pretentious with the war on drugs lost in the dream. So, how's your week uh, been, James? <laughs> well, we're in lockdown, so if you're listening to this, you'll be listening to this in the future times. Uh, but you might we, still we, be in lock-in. We might still be in lockdown, who knows? Because we record these, uh, you, you may have noticed from when we're talking about uh, new albums that were new releases, we're sort of a, a little bit behind... Uh, and that's because we record a, a bunch of, of these podcasts and then they come out every week. Um, so, yeah, we're in lockdown at the moment. You may still be in lockdown. Yeah. Um, we're, currently, we're, what, we're a, a week into the official lockdown? I mean, I was ill for two weeks before the lockdown happened. So you, you're like week three of lockdown. I'm on day 25 as of right Whereas now. Whereas I think officially... We're on like day eight or day nine, maybe? Something like that. I just know that I have not... I have been in my house for 25 days now. And how are you holding up? How are you coping with, with this? Um, it, it's up and down. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been trying to be productive, but just like losing track of time and day has been a real issue like just not being able to sleep until four and then getting up at seven and not really being aware what where i am or like where i am in time when you say seven do you mean you're going to sleep at four in the in morning, the morning and waking, waking up at up. seven in the morning yeah just oh, because see, my I'm body the, clocks all over the place i oh, see i'm more like going to sleep at four in the morning waking up at Four in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh no! Like this morning, I we got quite drunk last night, just because why not? And uh, yeah. ended up sleeping until about eleven. Fair. But yeah, we just got drunk and played Lord of the Rings: Return of the King on PlayStation Two. <laughs> that is a classic game. It is such. I'd never played it before. Um, I. But I didn't I had, we had it. it. I had it, and I never watched the Lord of the Rings films. To this day, I've only seen the first two Lord of the Rings films. So you've missed the best Lord of the Rings film. Probably, yeah. But then I don't. I didn't. I just. I, I didn't like them enough to watch the third one. I think the mistake I made. Here, here's the thing, George. Here's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> this is the mistake I made. Is when I I never saw them when they came out because I wasn't bothered. Okay. Because uh, I'm not really into fantasy, really, which is bizarre given that I'm into Star Wars. But, I mean, I, I sort of count... I know Star Wars isn't really sci-fi, but it's more on the sci-fi end, I'd say. What, Star Wars? Yeah. I mean, I guess it's a fantasy as well. But It's sci-fi fantasy, definitely. Yeah. But I've never been into fantasy with, like, dragons and wizards and stuff, right? Oh, yeah. It's never really done it for me. I can appreciate the Lord of the Rings films are good, but the the thing that I got wrong 
is that yeah. I bought the... Ex- I thought, right, I'm going to watch oh, them because everyone goes yeah. on about it. I bought the extended editions on DVD. They're long. And they are. So, they're so long that on DVD they couldn't fit them on one disc. You have they're to on two discs on Blu-ray DVD. as well. Oh, are they on Blu-ray yeah. as well? Yeah. Um, so that was my mistake, I think. I think I should have just watched the theatrical releases and I yeah. probably would have enjoyed them more. Because they're what? I think they're two and a half hours each. Whereas yeah, and the extended edition's are like four, four hours each. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the idea of watching another one is just like, oh. So maybe Return I'll watch of the Return King of the, the King. Best. I think Return of the King is like four and a half hours or something. The extended. But I I did get the PS2 game because everyone else had it at school. So and good. I played it. And it's it's such a good game. And I remember, I almost don't want to go and play it again because I remember the graphics being insane. Like... I was like, this is next level shit. Because the, it would show a clip of the film and then suddenly yeah. they'd be in... And it'd be like, you can't tell the difference. I think you definitely can, probably. But at the time... You can, it was you like, can but I'm, to be honest, I'm quite okay. impressed. Playing it again, graphics. I'm like... The graphics are still insane. Obviously, if you probably just... like, I haven't played on a PlayStation 4 or anything for like a year... I'm yeah. sure if I suddenly sat behind that, I'd be like, oh, <laughs> this is what a good <laughs> game looks like. But no, that's a great that's, game, though. That's been how I've got through this. <laughs> I remember at school, though, when there was this kid, I won't, I won't say his name because it's probably, probably bad form, isn't it? There was a kid <laughs> at school who he was like, uh, well, we weren't old enough for him to be like Jay from the Inbetweeners. Um, <laughs> Because oh, this was like pri- this was like primary school, but he was he was a bullshitter. Yeah, and uh, he he basically claimed to have have like beaten the game so many times that it gave him like extra characters and shit and extra stuff that no one yeah. else had got. And then when you went round his house. And was like, oh, show us this thing that you'd done on Lord of the Rings. He was like, <laughs> oh, the memory card corrupted and like Classic. all the stuff was lost. So I've got to do it all again. I was like, right, okay. That is something like, I forget how annoying memory cards were. They're like eight gigabytes or something, aren't they? George is now looking for his memory card. He's getting it out of the PS2. Eight megabytes. Eight, mega, eight mega, megabytes. MB megabytes Jesus <laughs> this podcast is bigger than 8 megabytes already probably yeah yeah that the fact that they put film into that then no wonder why like that is the only issue with the game is it takes forever to load <laughs> yeah but anyway we, we should be talking about music um, <laughs> I mean that uh, is one that's one good thing about this being in isolation is that I have had time to listen to some albums. Although your ears have been all yeah, screwed. I've, with... I've had about two and a half weeks of not being able to listen to music properly because I've got labyrinthitis in my right ear, which is annoying. What, what but, is labyrinthitis? So it often starts off as a middle ear infection, which is kind of your ear canal being compressed by phlegm basically like sinusy lovely yeah all that nice sinusy juice um and then it can sometimes work its way into the uh 
further into the ear and it fills right. up the labyrinths of the ear, hence why labyrinthitis. Ah, and it blocks your hearing. And it just like, you can still hear, but it just like, if you imagine putting a fil filter sweep on your eardrum, you can only hear from like maybe 2,000 kilohertz down. Right. 2,000 hertz down. So it it's just uncomfortable and it affects your balance as well. So I was a little bit dizzy and nauseous. Yeah. It does mean uh, George wasn't able to mix the first few episodes of the podcast. So yeah. quite a delay because we're, what, seven episodes in. But <laughs> yeah. we should probably thank... Uh, Mr. Jake uh, Raywood. Mr. Jake Raywood for his mixing uh, wizardry on the first few episodes. Um, yeah. if you're very, very kind of him. Yes. Um, actually, shout out to Jake. You should go listen to him on Spotify. Um, yes. Very good. He's got some... How many... I think he's got three, two, three EPs out now. Um, I'm looking him up now. Yeah, no, he's got two EPs. Structures 1 and Solace, along with a single, which are all really good, especially Solace. There's one track on there called Inwards, which has got like a post-dub vibe, which I love. He actually sent me a track yesterday that he's working on, which is quite good. Quite good. It is quite good. <laughs> it's quite good because it doesn't, it finishes too soon in my mind. Right. But, but we'll see where he takes it. I think it's only like a couple of days work. So I'm quite excited to hear that. And he's I got mean, I think a load of new stuff coming. I think at some point our getting pretentious listeners uh, will probably hear Jake on the podcast. I think. Oh, definitely. Hoping to get him on at some point and yeah, have him rant about some music. Yeah, I think he can get as if not more pretentious than we do when it comes to music. He is he is one of my yeah. favourite getting the pretentious friends. <laughs> so so as we record this, uh, we we. We released the first two episodes on the Friday. We're recording this on a Tuesday. We released the first two episodes on, on the Friday before. And the feedback I'm already getting is that yeah, we did go quite pretentious um, in the first two episodes, which I didn't even think we were that pretentious in the first two episodes. No, I, I didn't think. But got, there you go. I don't think we got too pretentious, but well. You wait for the other ones. <laughs> you wait, we go further. <laughs> Uh, I've also yeah. been listening to the Donald Glover album in lockdown. Yeah, Childish Cambino, uh, Free Fifteen Twenty, uh, or Donald Glover Presents. If you're listening to it in its complete, like one track form, I'm surprised he didn't. Because um, Calvin Harris has got a new project called Love Regenerator, and with that, he's released it as Love Regenerator and Calvin Harris on Spotify. I was surprised right. Donald Glover didn't release it on Spotify as Childish Cambino and Donald Glover. Yeah. Because it seems like he's, he's trying to make a transition to being Donald Glover. Well, yeah. being himself. Yeah. But he hasn't. Uh, no, he hasn't. Um, what do we think of the new... Cam uh, you, well, you were saying you haven't listened to it on headphones yet, so you want to listen to it on headphones. Yeah, I want to listen to it on headphones. Um I like it though. It is, it's good. I just need to find the balance 
of whether it's it is just being pretentious for pretentious sake at points. I think I'm fairly in love with it. I but I I would say I think I'm in love with the start and the end. Yeah. And I maybe I don't get lost in the middle. I think that would be too harsh. The focus drifts. But I, yeah, I think but I, I but he like brings it back for me at the end and the, I think it starts really strongly. Yeah. I I think especially the last two tracks uh are really strong. Yeah, it does start very strong. But yeah, I, I've I've been enjoying that. I've been enjoying. I was telling George I've been enjoying uh, the the debut record from the Once, mm. uh, Brooklyn-based sort of post-punk indie Are band. They, did you say Brooklyn? Yeah, Brooklyn. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, very good. Um, Worth checking the music quick. videos as well. Yeah, the music video. Oh, Jesus, just not my microphone. Um, yeah, I, the music videos are good. They're, I think they're interesting. They're kind of... They're uh, low budget, but cool. It, it's got a bit of a Stranger Things vibe. A yeah. They're kind of yeah. super 80. Like super yeah, 8. Yeah, yeah. Super 8 kind of vibe to it. Um, yeah, an interesting... And, and the lead singer has a fantastic name. What's this? Uh, I've just seen on his Spotify profile. Uh, Madison Velding Van Dam. Wow, that's a that's a strong name. That is a strong name. Oh, and some notable mentions for this week is Dua Lipa's new album. Um, oh, we haven't talked about. It. I mean, we we're going to do a bigger discussion on it. But initial thoughts about it. What, what are you thinking? I actually really like it. Do you? Yeah, I was dubious the first time I listened. I think. It put me on edge when the third track played, which I think was cool or something like right. that. Um, Is that the one where she starts talking about her sugar boo? Uh, maybe. <laughs> I, I remember listening to it and being like, ooh, do yeah. I, I don't really... That's one of the only ones I don't really like. I said I haven't got round physical yet. I actually quite like it now. Really? It's, it's really growing on me. And then I think it's actually quite solid with Levitating, Hallucinate, Love Again, Break My Heart. There are four solid songs. can't remember what Pretty Please is. Um, I'm listening to it right now. Pretty Please is... It's okay. okay. I, I need to... I think maybe I need to listen to it again. Mm. I've listened to it once. Uh, we won't go into too much detail now because we are planning to do an episode about it. But yeah, I don't know. For me, at the moment, having listened to it once, and this might be quite interesting actually, because we'll see how my thoughts Opinion evolve changes from now. Yeah, um, for me, it 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 like peaks at the start with the first two tracks. I think that's just because I, they're singles, you know. Maybe, but I feel like. They are also maybe the strongest on the album. I don't know. I do agree. Like, Don't Start Now. Best pop song still so far this year. Yeah. Like, it is a solid banger. I, I see that being played all the way throughout the year. Yeah. It's like, it's a bit of a... Um, 
oh, what was that Childish Gambino song? This is America. It'll be that, but yeah. for for 2020. I feel like it's a de- it's almost a defining song for her, to be honest. Yeah. Because um, I think I feel like that really that's really launched her. I mean, it's taken a. He I was think obviously she's got doing more respected. well. Yeah, I mean, she was obviously doing well, and you know, mm. wasn't wasn't a struggling artist, was she? But no. I feel like Don't Start Now is really sort of... It's a bit like when Bruno Mars released Uptown Funk and it just, like, even people who didn't like Bruno Mars were suddenly like, no, this is an awesome song. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I'll I'll listen to it, obviously, a few more times before we record our episode about it. It'll be interesting to see what I... Oh, actually, on the topic of pop albums, I have... Yes. I, there is an album that I enjoyed a lot that I did not think I would enjoy, but that's Doja Cat. Hot Pink. Oh, okay. And I tell you what, it is pop banger after pop banger. It is, it is good. I've never listened to Doja Cat, so... Though, I mean, the way you said that makes me know <laughs> Do- that you do not. Doja Cat. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't even know if I know any of her songs. Um, I think it's... Say So is her biggest single. Okay. And that, oh, it's just such, it's, it's an annoyingly good song. <laughs> okay, and well, she, And she I can will... rap quite well as well. Well, uh, that's, maybe that's my listening for today then. Yeah. Um, other it's notable stage, mentions, yeah. um, Melt Yourself Downs, 100% Yes, which I enjoyed. Um... And since our last podcast, Fortet's new album as well, which is good. Um, But yeah, I'm sure we'll talk about those at another point. We've got plenty Um, of time to do lots of content now. We have got plenty of time. We're not doing... Oh, another shout-out I want to give, whilst we're giving shout-outs. Yeah. Uh, North Downs. North Downs. Yes. Uh, They've only got one EP at the moment called Dad's Old Tapes. Um, it's only like four tracks, but it's, I, I really like it. I think it's really interesting. I think the way I would describe it is sort of, um, I sort of hear jungle vibes a little bit in it. Interesting. Um, but with maybe a bit more, think of like a more experimental jungle. Okay, interesting. Uh, I really like that artwork. Yeah, it's an it's 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 a cool little EP. I think it's I think it's uh, I think it's pretty good. Yeah, they seem to be uh, they seem very Radio Six playable. Oh, I think I think I think I heard them first on on Six Music. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and it's coming. Yeah, there but, are, oh, oh, I have listened to one of their songs. Um, Nightlife Blues, maybe? It's on Marabou State released um, a Fabric Presents album. Ah, okay. Which is really good. There's a really good Radiohead remix on it, which cool. is really good. Um, but yeah, it's on there. And we listened to it last night, actually, while playing Lord of the Rings, which was a bit weird, but still really good. <laughs> Yeah. Oh no, I think I did enjoy that. 
Okay, I'm definitely going to give that a listen then. Um, but yeah. War on drugs. <laughs> yeah, war on drugs. So Let's discuss. Uh, well, good jumping off point. You're like, a big fan. I'm a big fan. Um, uh, Me, not so much. George, not. It's not that I'm not a fan. It's just that I've never really... It's not my sort of thing. I think... I think... I think... I mean, we've had this discussion before on the podcast. Um, I think we have... I would say we have similar taste in music. I would say. We like a lot of the same stuff, don't we? Yeah. But... Our cores are the same. Yeah. But I would say that we uh, have different approaches to what we like to listen to every day. Mm. Um, you yeah. like something that sort of is going to challenge you a lot more. Yeah. Um, whereas I will generally, on a day-to-day basis, will listen to stuff that I just like and uh, maybe slightly chill. Well, yeah, I don't like... I mean, I don't really listen to music for enjoyment that often, which I know sounds really weird, but I always like to be... I like to really delve into an album if I'm listening to it. Whereas I kind of use music. I mean, maybe it's because... Um, do you think it's because maybe like... So when I watch a film, I can't help but be sort of analytical about it. And when yeah. I watch it, I can't help but like break down why has someone done that? Why is... You know. I think it's a one... Because it's the thing that we do, you want to learn from it. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Like when I'm listening to an album, even if it is a pop up pop record, I'm still like, oh, what are they doing that I can do that makes my music this good? Yeah. And it's probably the same for you with films. I think so. Because even for me, when I when I'm making music, I sort of use making music as an escape from what I do most of the time, yeah. which is like making it's like another like creative outlet for me, but it's not like my yeah. sole thing I do. Um, yeah, it's like I do um, drawing and like graphic stuff. Yeah. As my escape, but I don't, I don't go looking at lots of artists day in, day out. Um, it's just my escape. So I think, uh, so I think for me, I, I will happily put on a War on Drugs record a lot mm. um, because it's, it's kind of an escapism thing. And especially War on Drugs for me, I feel like they're quite an escapist band because I think they're very... Yeah. Uh, you can imagine them on an American road trip uh, with, like, the the hood down on the car, like, driving down a long road. You know what I mean? It's that kind of... I, I don't actually get that vibe oh, really? from Lost in the Dream. I, I mean, I might be getting swayed by the album artwork a bit, but for me, like, the time that I felt most... Like I've related most of the album was when I sat in quite stingy, like dark places. Oh, really? And I, I think it's quite. I mean, especially after reading about how he was while writing this album, mm. like it's a, it's it doesn't make you feel depressed, but it definitely feels like an album written out of depression. Yeah, I. Uh, that's interesting. That's how I found it anyway. It's just got a very dark, solemn undertow. Solemn. Is that the right word? That's not the right word. It just, it's just got like a dark undertow for me. 
I suppose it probably. Undertale. I suppose it probably does actually. Thinking about it, I mean, all the songs are sort of about even something like uh, "Under the Pressure," which is how yeah the album starts. Which is which, if you ever get a chance to see War on that Drugs live, it's it's an it's an incredible live <clears throat> song because there's a there's a breakdown in the middle that they just extend for like a good long you know, seven minutes or so of just this breakdown. I did I did really enjoy but, but, that song. But that's, that song on the sort of outside appears quite like a euphoric yeah. song with, with the piano riff that's going on and the driving drum beat that just plays throughout the song, the driving like hi-hat that's just always there. But then I suppose if you listen to the lyrics... Um, He's not. Uh, he's not. He's not necessarily happy. <laughs> it feels very lonely to me, like the whole album, which is weird because it's such a big band kind of album. Yeah, but just the, his vocals and his delivery on it, it feels very welcoming to like loneliness. I remember I was listening to it on the way back from work. And just like sat there and like listening, like properly listening to lyrics and thinking, this is a man that's just like trapped in his own head. Well, you listen to, uh, you look at the lyrics for Under the Pressure and it's all still your bend under the pressure, standing in the Mm. water, just trying not to crack under the pressure. Yeah, I think one that was that really got me into the album was Disappearing. Interesting. Disappearing. Yeah. Something about it was just really nice. Like it's got that um that kind of weird delay on the kick drum. Yeah. And just the synth marries really well with all of the other paddy instruments going on. It's just like a big old shimmery pad of joy for the whole song. I, I, I really like that one. Have you listened to any other War on Drugs? Have you listened to A Deeper Understanding, the album that comes afterwards? I listened to a little bit um, just because I wanted to see what it was all about. Yeah, I haven't listened to any of his earlier stuff, I must admit. The earlier stuff is... So I think... Well, so the interesting thing about the war on drugs is that Kurt Vile used, yeah. used to be in it. Um, and you, you don't really get on with Kurt Vile, do you? I don't dislike him, but I also don't really... I just... I wouldn't choose to listen to his music. I mean, that sounds like I don't like him. <laughs> I just... Nah. I'm, I'm very indifferent to Kurt Vile. Uh, for me, Kurt... He is a good songwriter. Yeah, I think for me, Kurt Vile's best album is the album he did with Courtney Barnett. Um, Which one's that one? He did an album with Courtney Barnett called... Oh, Lot of Sea Lice. Yes. Um, Interesting. I think that's his best album. And, and really, it's sort of the that album works for me because it's kind of messy. 
that I've like you yeah, can tell yeah. they've sort of just sat down and recorded it, and it's not really, yeah, stuff's not really in time sometimes, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, but the interesting thing about War and Drugs is that Kurt Vile used to be in it, and you can definitely hear on the first uh, album, Wagon Wheel Blues, it's like a completely different band. Um, and it's not until yeah. sort of Kurt Vile has left, and actually most of the mem- the original members sort of yeah, left. Yeah, a lot. Um, a lot of them left. You get into Slave Ambient uh, and then Lost in the Dream and A Deeper Understanding and it, it, you're, sort of, you're sort of not listening to The War on Drugs anymore. You're listening to Adam Granduciel. Is that how you pronounce I think that's how you pronounce it. I have no idea how you pronounce his name. Um, you're sort of listening to him at this point. I think he, produ- yeah. I think he may even produce... Uh, everything he certainly yeah. produced Lost in the Dream I think um, I mean on the on the credits on Spotify it just says performed by The War on Drugs and then it doesn't say who wrote it or produced it on the so I've got the vinyl obviously, obviously. oh yeah uh, on the vinyl it says produced by Adam Grandusia although Adam. if you go on Wikipedia there's additional personnel and there's tons of people. Assistant engineers, engineers, oh, mastering yeah, assistants. Yeah, um, you'll have people that were in the studio. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're really listening to him because also if you read like the... <laughs> the on the Wikipedia, I don't know how much you can trust Wikipedia, but I feel like Wikipedia at this <laughs> point is fairly trustworthy, I think. I think so. Um, I wouldn't suggest kids to use it for research, but no. Um, but if you if you look at so I'm looking at Lost in the Dream. The following people contributed to Lost in the Dream: Adam Grandusiel, Arp Omni, Arp String Ensemble, Arranger, Art Direction, Composer, Drums, Dubs, Electronics, Engineer, Fender Rhodes, Twelve String Guitar, Acoustic Guitar, Electric Guitar, Harmonica, Lindrum, Mixing, Oberheim Synthesizer, Organ, Percussion. Photography, piano, producer, publishing, slide guitar, synthesizer, vocals, well, it's a piano. So he did quite a lot then. Quite a lot. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like most of the instruments that are in the, in the album. So it really feels like it, it, it's him. And, it, and that's even reflected in the artwork, right? Because the artwork is just him. Yeah. It's just him sat there. And I've got a quote here. It says... Um, on how the album's artwork was a reflection of his involvement in the recording process. He said, this wasn't a band record. This was a solo record. I knew mm. I knew that all the War on Drugs albums have been solo records. All of them? That's what he says. Interesting. That's weird. Even though he was with Kurt Vile. Yeah you could argue is a more notable songwriter. Do you think that's because Kurt Vile goes under his own name? Maybe. Oh, but I mean, Kurt Vile, like, I think it helps that Enemy loved him quite as much as they do. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then Enemy also really, they rant and rave about the war on drugs whenever they release stuff, so... So as someone who uh, 
isn't necessarily into the war on drugs, but sort of can appreciate them. Is that is that fair to describe? Yeah. Uh, yeah. What was your... Had you listened to this album before or had you heard snippets of it? Had you... What was... I think I, I think I did try listening to it before when it actually came out because I remember it being in Enemy mm. and being like, oh, maybe this is something I'd like. But that's six years ago now, so I'd have been quite a bit younger and I definitely wasn't into this sort of music. Yeah. So I probably listened to half of the first track and was like, nah. Right. Um, I think that is the most amount of time of day I'd given it. So I think I remember giving a deeper understanding. I listened all the way through during uni. Yeah. And just being very cool. I've listened to it. Right. That was a thing. So um, has your, how has your opinion evolved or changed or has it not changed or uh, how, how have, when you, when you sat down to listen to this for the podcast... What were your yeah. what were your thoughts? I knew when playing it from the start, the first like after finishing the first three songs, I was like, I'm gonna have to listen to this a lot more than some of the albums we talk about. Right. Just because I wasn't engaged in it. Interesting. I it took me I I think it was the third or fourth listen that really got me like, oh shit, that's what this album's about. This is what the music is trying to perfect, like get across. Once I, that had kind of clicked, I suddenly really enjoyed it and was like, oh, okay, I get it now. So what, what do you think it was that made it slightly impenetrable for you at the start? I just didn't, I've, I've never, it's got that country music's never something I've enjoyed. And to me, this had a quite a heavy country vibe in the sense of like a folky. Sort of Neil Young, more American, Bruce Springsteen yeah. sort of, yeah. Yeah, that kind of, I'm going to just expose my heart to you and you're going to enjoy it, <laughs> which I'm not always very keen on. I find it a little bit maybe I find it a bit too personal I don't know but but you say that but I, I maybe I think you do enjoy that but you maybe don't know it yeah because I in think... a lot of the music you listen to the 1975 being a good example or uh, definitely bits of well Tom York's new record you um maybe because it's wrapped up in this sort of different genre of music you find it harder to yeah i think that's what it is it's the it's very i don't for whatever reason the lack of complexity almost makes it harder for me to understand it like, because there's not a hundred different synths going on and lots of chord changes and weird rhythms. It is just four, 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 just some nice chords. Let's tell you a story. And it's the way, I think when I understood the appreciation for 
the chords that were being repeated and the kind of inversions throughout the song or the songs like it was more subtle differences that I think I then started to enjoy it more and understanding where the instrumentation reflected the vocal content I think that's what I've really enjoyed after a while do you think the it, they're also maybe a little bit impenetrable on a first listen because the songs are so long? Because um, just looking at the length of songs, it's like the first track alone is eight minutes fifty-two. I, I, Did that I bother you or not really? Because um, I, I enjoy I enjoy quite a lot of artists that do very long pieces i do love a long song like shout out for a good long song um black midi's latest track i still haven't listened to yet you really like so good but that's that is actually more similar to a song off the war on drugs than any of like it's a very stripped back song and very slow changes I think one th- I think one thing we talked about with um, War on Drugs I remember having a conversation with you and it was we were talking about my own music um, and we were talking about um, I can't remember how it came up but I think I was trying to work out what I was what I would call my influences when you're like sending your EP off to people and citing influences. And we we sort of decided on war on drugs and the national and stuff. But um, you said something about my music and and the similarity to the war on drugs in that, uh, that I had certain songs, and it's the same with War on Drugs, where they don't necessarily, stuff doesn't necessarily change, but more stuff is added. Yeah, or just taken away. Yeah. Subtly, yeah. Adding and taking away rather than changing. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, there is a lot of that in the War on Drugs, which I've never, never, that is a very folky country thing to do which I've never really enjoyed. I don't know why. I've always kind of felt it like a bit of a cop-out. Like, why write a new part when you can just take it away and then bring it back again later? But doing that well is just as good as changing a chord progression. So I don't know why I've always had a thing against it. Um, Would you say, because I would say, if someone asked me, do I like country music, I would generally say no. Which is interesting because yeah, I, I, I listen to, like we said, the war on drugs for probably has quite a country sort of influence. Yeah, definitely. Um, but would you say you like folk music or do you not like folk music? Because I would really. say I prefer folk. I, I wouldn't say I'm into folk music, but I would say I prefer folk to country and I don't know why that necessarily is. Because they're sort yeah, of the I same don't... thing, aren't they, really? I don't actually know. This is something that I need to... I'm going to look into it now. I think I prefer folk. But I say this not 
not really knowing what folk is. To me, it feels like folk came from the UK and country came from America. And that's kind of... But they're sort of the same thing. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a music for the people. Which... It's a little bit of a hard thing to describe. I didn't actually realise, sort of changing the subject, I didn't actually, I don't think I actually ever looked into the fact that this album is really about his depression and paranoia. Didn't, and it makes so much sense now when you think about the album. Reading about him in the period that he made the album really helped me understand it and enjoy it a lot more. Because because the fact that the music so it is quite positive sounding on initial listening. Yeah. It's quite it's, it's quite fun, really, as as it get, is. You have some long sprawling guitar solos and Yeah. Upbeat. But actually know. it feels more once you kind of listen to the lyrics a lot more and understand what he was going through you kind of realise that it's almost like a self-denial album. Oh, expand on that for me. <laughs> yeah, so, where was this? Ah. So for those listening, George has, uh, in this <laughs> uh, sort of lockdown uh, state, he's got a microphone attached to a mic stand. And he's taped the microphone to the stand because he couldn't find the clip, the microphone like holder for the stand. And uh, Fabian has just... And now my flatmate's found it. Fabian, his flatmate, has just woken up, walked in, in his dressing gown, and plonked the microphone clip down onto the table in front of George, having seen George... Taped the microphone onto the the stand. I don't know if I can. I, you know, when you just get a feeling from a listen, like when you're listening to an album. Yeah. And like you can tell that his lyrics are almost like it's him talking about being quite lonely and sad. But then the music, so it feels like it was written, and he had promise. He was like, it will get better, but I do feel like shit. Well, again, going back to the lyrics and Under the Pressure. There's, there's I haven't li- there's, read any of the lyrics. There's lines like, um, keep holding on and, and stuff like that. So there's a clear sort of struggle, but, a, but also a, an attempt to like sort of grasp back at his life and, yeah. and uh, change it for the better, I suppose. What 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 do you think makes you like the war on drugs so much? Ah, like what is it about like the style of music? Because you don't listen to other than this and a bit of Kurt Vile and stuff. I don't. This is the most folky country. Yeah, I don't. I'm not really. You go. Yeah, and that yeah, that's probably true. Um, like I'm trying. Like I've tried to. I'm questioning how you got into this. Like, So I think the first War on Drugs song I probably heard 
was under the pressure. Probably when it probably around the time it came out, to be honest. Um what is it? I don't it's it's very hard to figure out what I like about them, to be honest. Um I think that there's definitely part of me that just really appreciates his guitar playing at times. Some of, I, I, I love some of the long guitar solos, especially on um, An Ocean in Between the Waves. That that whole last two minutes of just the guitar solo going, it just it sort of it revs me up every time I listen to it. Um, but it's interesting that you know, because there are some bands that do that for me. I can listen to a song and it sort of it, it revs me up, gets me going, but then that's where my sort of appreciation of the band stops. I, I sort of listen to that song and I don't sort of dive into any of the others. Um, yeah. So it's interesting that there, because there are plenty of songs that don't re, that, that don't do that, that don't have that sort of progression in, in especially in this album. There's some quite sort of somber, slow, yeah, acousticy songs. Um, Sure. It's hard for me to... I've been trying to think about what it is I can really... I suggested listening to this album uh, and for us to talk about on the podcast, mainly because I knew that we had sort of differing opinions on it or at least they were a band that you hadn't quite sort of dived into. Um, But then I've also been trying to think about what it is that, that I would say about it other than I really like this. Yeah. And it, and it's it's, a... it, it's really hard for me and I'm still sort of struggling to figure out what it is that that appeals to me so much about the war on drugs. Um because I probably would put them like among my favorite bands. Um there are bands at least so There are certain bands for me, and you probably have the same thing, but like on a different, you're probably in it, probably in a different way for you. <laughs> yeah. But I have certain bands that I will always go back to once every mm. month or couple of months or something. They're like a solidly, I never get bored of the music. I can always go back to them and listen to them, and they're sort of, uh, I don't want to say like comforting because not necessarily all those bands are comforting because like Radiohead is one of those bands that I can always go back to at the moment. Um, yeah, fair. And they're not necessarily like a comforting listen, but there's something about mm. it that I like going back to. Um, and War on Drugs is one of those bands. And I'm, I'd, I'd say I've got, it's like Kings of Leon for me. Right. I can just go back to their old albums. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, I mean, the obvious one for me is Kasabian, right? Because... We, yeah. we we already know, and listeners already know how many times I've seen them live. Um, yeah, you're a big fan. So, um, and War on Drugs is one of those bands for me, and I don't quite know why. And mm. I've never been able to... I think there's something so lush about their sound, and I don't mean that in like a Bristolian light, or that's lush, but you know what I mean, like a lush sort of... <laughs> Um, it is very lush. Um, you I know, agree with that. The, the synth pads that they use, the sort of um, interesting. They're, they're a band that doesn't really have 
strings or string arrangements if they do have strings in their songs it's sort of like synth strings but but it does feel it, but it feels orchestral in in a in a way i think that's something that i really fell in love with with the album was that it does just feel like one body yeah just moving forward um i mean i know i keep going back to under the pressure but it, it's such like a such a big track to go back to but um, I think under the pressure. So under the pressure is like eight minutes fifty-two long. So it's nearly nine minutes long. But I think yeah. really the song has ended by like the six-minute mark, and mm. the, the sort of the last two minutes of the track are basically just this synth pad that's not really changing. It's just sort of constantly. There. It's just breathing. Yeah. It's breathing. That's how the whole album feels, really. It is just breathing. <laughs> Almost like all of the arrangements. Yeah. So it's hard for me to say what I like about The War on Drugs other than being like, I really like the guitar solos. And I, there's something... I don't know how to describe it. There's something warming about the sort of the lush body of sound that they just exude. Um, yeah. That for some reason, and I, I don't know quite understand what it is, has sort of uh, captured me in some way. It is very, it's, it's very beautiful music, just the way it's arranged. They're one of the few bands that I've seen live and I've gotten emotional because of a yeah. song. Yeah, I, I agree with that, actually, listening to the album. There was no point... I didn't... It, it, I found it quite hard to listen to it in a judgmental way. Like, when listening to it, I was just like, there's nothing that I, I wouldn't actually change much about the album. There was no point where I was like, oh that chorus should be half as long. Yeah. It was very just smooth. Maybe it's because I don't know that much about the genre, so I don't really... I don't necessarily know what's good and what's bad within that style. But for me, it's just enjoying an album. It just felt very right. It just... It, it fitted together. It was enjoyable. And it just felt... Like a nice little journey. I think there's something about it as well that feels... Um, I mean, obviously, I'm sure the album is like meticulously planned and, and thought through and produced. and Yeah. But, um, but there's something about it to me that feels just almost like... And maybe this is influenced by knowing what the album is about now. And your comment mm. about it sounding seeming like it's just breathing, but it just feels like they've just gone into a room and sort of splurged yeah. it all out. Yeah, definitely. It it feels like well, it does just feel like one person's mind. Yeah, that is how it feels, which I think is what's so captivating about it. And when you, I mean. If we're going off wiki, it sounds like he did do most of it himself. 
Yeah. But it does sound like just one big performance. It does sound quite live. Yeah. Which I think is what makes it feel so captivating. But it's done, it sounds live. I mean, it's in a way, it's a very, very good album as an example of how to make a lot of work feel like just one session. And I think um, I think that sort of continues into a deeper understanding as well. That mm. similarly feels like a live performance. It's just... Yeah, I find it really difficult, actually. It's weird. I thought this would be an easy podcast for me to do. Yeah, I was... I was expecting a lot more certainty from you. Yeah, I thought this was going to be an easy one for me to do because I was like, oh, I love War on Drugs. This, this is easy. I can talk about them. But actually asking me why I like them. Yeah. It's quite difficult for me to express why, I think. But maybe that's okay. Maybe. I don't really have much more to add on this album. No, I think uh, if if you haven't listened to it, check it out. Um, yeah. I think, I think uh, despite what we've said about it being written in, in, a, in a state of depression, I do also... F- I find it quite uplifting. I don't know if you do, but some of the music... I find it... It is up. Uh, sort of like melancholically uplifting. uplifting. Yeah. I don't feel like I could suddenly go for a run. No. I just feel a bit more... It feels more like going to therapy. I think if, 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 if by the time you're listening to this we're still in lockdown. I, I do think it's a good lockdown record. Yeah, definitely. A good... Especially towards the end of the day. Sun's coming down. Yeah. You put it on, watch the sun go down. With a bit of war on drugs. A bit of war on drugs. Yeah. I could, can we also just reference the fact that I think the war on drugs is a fantastic name for a band? It is a great name. <clears throat> It is a very good name. Because finding a good name for a band, I think, is is difficult. It's very easy to remember as well. Yeah, the war on drugs. It's one of those. Yeah. It's one of those. It's one of those band names that you go, oh, bloody wish I'd thought of calling my band that. Yeah, like I saw one the other day, which would have been perfect for me, because it was a band called Film School, and I don't know what their <laughs> music's like, but I was like, oh, that's that's I so that good. That's so good. It's almost too obvious to come up with. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Well, um, thank you for listening to another edition of Getting Pretentious. Um, If you like what you hear, then please do subscribe. uh, Follow us on the social media channels that are listed in the description of this podcast. And join us next time for George. We're doing uh, Colossal <laughs> Squid, isn't yes. it? Yes, Colossal yeah. Squid, yeah. Swanger, which is going to be a little bit of a... It's going to be a different turn from uh, the War, the war on drugs. drugs. We like to keep you guessing, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, if you haven't already, go give it a listen. Uh, it's, yeah, be prepared. It's, it's good. Go give it a listen. Come back next week and listen to us talk about it. Uh, Until next time, uh, have a good week. If you're still in lockdown, 
then uh, and hope you stay safe. Hope you're uh, hope you're all right. If you're not in lockdown, enjoy the pub and all the things that hopefully are happening now. Yeah, pub. Ah, oh, the pub. Yeah. Thanks again. See, See you all soon. Bye. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.